Let us pray. Almighty and eternal God, you show perpetual loving kindness to us, your servants. Because we cannot rely on our own abilities, grant us your merciful judgment and train us to embody the generosity of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. A reading from Jonah. When God saw what the people of Nineveh did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. But this was very displeasing to Jonah, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord and said, O oh Lord, is not this what I said while I was still in my own country? That is why I fled to Tarshish at the beginning, for I knew that you were a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and ready to relent from punishing. And now, O oh Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, Is it right for you to be angry? Then Jonah went out of the city and sat down east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade, waiting to see what would become of the city. The Lord God appointed a bush and made it come up over Jonah to give shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was very happy about the bush. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the bush so that it withered. When the sun rose, God prepared a sultry east wind, and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint and asked that he might die. He said, it is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the bush? And he said, yes, angry enough to die. Then the Lord said, you were concerned about the bush for which you did not labor and which you did not grow. It came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should I not be concerned about Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left and also many animals. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 20th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the disciples, the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace and he said to them, you also go into the vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around and he said to them, why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, 
you also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now, when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner saying, these last worked only an hour and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day in the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to the last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. I really love this parable, but probably because I'm bitten by the imp of the perverse. I love that the hardest workers don't get paid what they expect. But really, you know, why shouldn't they? Um, what is fair is fair. You know, if I work hard for more hours than you do, well, then I ought to get paid more, right? It seems plain as the nose on your face, and generally that's the way it works in relationships between human beings. And, but you see that God is uh, unknowable, and God is not bound by the same rules as human beings, and God is generous and we thank God for that, or maybe not. <laughs> maybe we aren't feeling all that thankful when we hear this parable. Maybe we aren't feeling all that thankful when we hear that God sort of rewards everybody alike. Maybe it even makes us feel a little bit grumpy. Someone said to me just this week, I'm not happy. I've been hearing about this employer who thinks he's being generous. He had employees who worked a double shift, and then he had employees who worked a single shift, and then he had some who worked a half or a quarter a shift, and some who worked just one hour. But at the end of the day, he paid them all the same. I would not be a happy worker. I said, well, but if you received a really generous wage, like if you were rich at the end of the day, would that then make a difference if they got paid the same? He said, in a growl, a deal is a deal. I say, yeah, but the deal wasn't for an hourly wage. It was for a flat rate. He said, how do you know? And of course I have the advantage here because I had been looking at this parable quite a lot. So, um, and he had just heard it. I said, well, the parable says, you know, that a man hired workers and sent them into his vineyard. And then he hired some more, and then he hired some more. And at the end of the day, he hired a few more, and he paid them all a full day's wage. 
the deal and the story is work for me and at the end of the day, I'll pay you. He says to me, yeah, but some had to work harder. But Jesus's audience was just as shocked and offended by the story probably as we are. I mean, it just doesn't seem fair that people who work all day long shouldn't get more. And I get that. But the story is about the kingdom of heaven. There are some who are lifelong Christians, like many of you who showed up for worship this morning. You are the ones who are dedicated to Christ and to the ministry of the church and the fellowship of God's people. You have been striving in service and given money until it hurts. You have baked the casseroles and you have cleaned the kitchen and changed the light bulbs and scrubbed the floors. You have taught the Sunday school classes. You pruned the trees, you've sung in the choir, you set the altar, you wash the linens, ring the bells, hang the Christmas ornaments, serve the hungry, collect for the needy, quilt, crochet, build cabinets, fixed furniture. You give your time and your talent and your treasure. You are what we in the pastor business call the solid 20%. You can be counted on to work hard when there is hard work to be done. You're the ones who, we, who are ready to go to work first thing in the morning, even before dawn, and you have worked all day, 10 hours or more of back-breaking work in the vineyard. But there are some of us who get on board later, maybe as a young adult like me, or maybe in middle age, and then there will be some who become Jesus followers at the last minute, maybe even right before they die. Should those who have followed Jesus the longest receive more grace, more forgiveness, and more eternal life than those of us who join up later? And so I asked him, I said, if you're swimming in an ocean, of love and life, does it matter if other people get to swim in the same ocean with you? He said, it's my ocean. I said, nope, it's God's, because that's the point of the parable. And for me and all the other Johnny-come-latelys, that's really good news. You know, we do what we do for God and for God's people for one reason and for one reason only, and that is because we love God and we want to reflect that love of God in our actions. We don't have to work to strive and sacrifice and do whatever else it is we do in order to earn our place in God's kingdom. God came to us. We do not and cannot earn our passage to God. God came to us in the person of Jesus our Lord and Savior, who is the one who lived and preached and did good works and then died and then rose again. And he did it for us so that we wouldn't have to do the impossible, which is earn our way to heaven. Martin Luther, 15th century monk and priest, had a real problem. He entered the Augustinian seminary at a young age, partly to fulfill a promise he had made to St. Anne, 
St. Uh, Mary's mother, and partly because he wanted to be sure that he could get into heaven when he died. And back in medieval times, that meant a lot of hard work, like fasting and praying and punishing your body and beating yourself, you know, with an ugly stick and making sure you had no fun in this life. So they're assured of life in the next one. So Luther fasted and he prayed and he generally sort of turned himself inside out, but his one problem remained. And that problem was that he couldn't be sure that he had ever done enough fasting and praying and confessing and self-mortification and all the rest. He would ask himself, well, what if, what if he had said 10 prayers and what if you needed 11 to win the prize? What if you skipped a week's worth of meals and you needed to skip eight days worth? So Luther could never be sure that he had done enough and it about drove him crazy. And it certainly drove the people around him crazy because he was constantly so anxious and distressed and he couldn't keep it to himself. But then he discovered something, something that changed how he looked at God maybe changes how we look at God. Instead of this constantly angry father who's always exacting a higher and higher toll from God's people, Luther begins to see this loving Abba, this loving daddy that Jesus referred to. Instead of the God who sat up in heaven taking score all the time um, and not being sorry when somebody sort of fell off the wagon, Luther finds this loving God who wills the best for all of God's creation. And God's creation includes all human beings. God is not interested in our eternal punishment. God is interested in giving us eternal life in the kingdom. And that brings us to what we've heard in this parable, that the first shall be last and the last will be first. You who work through the heat of the day, make it possible for me and all the other Johnny-come-latelys to experience God's generosity and love. You work to keep the building neat, and you work to keep the doors open, and you work to invite other people to be a part of this community, not so that, I'm hoping at least not, so that you can afford to keep the place running, but instead because everyone you meet needs to hear the good news of God and Jesus Christ. You work toward radical hospitality so that no one is left out, not the one who waits until the third hour or the one who gets on board in the sixth hour or even the one who joins up in the 11th hour because we're all prized by the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob who sends Jesus into our hearts to remind us that it isn't about the wages and it isn't about the stars in our crown. It's only about love, the love that God gives to us and the love that we are to share with the world free of charge. Amen.